Hi, I'm Annie Lobear, and I'm the founder of Hookers for Jesus and Destiny House and the book called Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. Welcome to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast with John Hewlin. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. So happy to have all of you here today. And for those of you who are seeing this and not just listening to it, I have two very special guests with me today. I have Annie Lobert and I have Oz Fox, the husband and wife team. Annie and Oz, thanks for being here today. Happy to be here. <laughs> well, I'm super excited to have you guys here. Now, listeners, you may not know who these folks are, but let me tell you a little bit about both of them. Uh, let me tell you about Oz first. Oz Fox is the lead guitarist for my favorite band, Striper. That's right. You heard that correctly. My favorite band, Striper. He is the lead guitarist, sings background vocals. Fabulous. I have been a fan of Striper and of Oz's for, I can't really even measure it in years anymore. I have to start measuring it in decades. So <laughs> that's how long it's been. But, uh, Oh, well, you're only as old as you act, Oz, so. <laughs> well, I've been acting pretty old lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, thrilled to have you here with us today, Annie. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to have you here today. Uh, folks, she does amazing work with Hookers for Jesus. And if you don't know about that organization, we're going to get way into that right now. But let me tell you a little bit more about Annie. She is a speaker and coach. She's an author. She told you a little bit about her book, Fallen, which again, we will get into in just a moment. She's also an internationally recognized expert and advocate for folks in the commercial sex industry. Now, on top of all that, I would say her greatest couple of titles are daughter of the living God and wife to Oz. Those are two fabulous titles that she also holds. So Annie, again, welcome. Thank you for being here. You're, you're welcome. And, you know, I, I'd like to say, you know, obviously when we're married to, to someone that we really love, we're going to say, I am first the, uh, the wife of Oz Fox, <laughs> but, you know, obviously, you know, my, my husband and people would argue with me about this that don't believe like we do. My first husband is Jesus. Like if I didn't know how to be treated correctly, mm. I don't think I ever would have met Oz. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it was a total like a God thing because we met each other on social media. Wow. Uh, it, you know, my space, my yeah. space. <laughs> and it was so crazy because he was actually going to, I think he was in town recording with Michael and the band, the Murder by Pride album. And yeah. he was meeting with Kevin Max. Kevin Max from DC Talk had moved to Las Vegas for about six months with his wife. Mm. And Oz met him for dinner. And one of my best friends, Heather Veach, went down to the club to meet them at the dinner. It's actually, the restaurant was called, I believe, the Rainbow Room. 
funny because we have one here. I don't even know if it's still there anymore because this has been so long ago. But they met each other and then Oz went on her Facebook page, not Facebook, MySpace page, and saw that I I, I thought saw that um, she was my top friend. Go ahead, Oz, fill in the rest of the story. Well, I I mean, uh, I I, I had met her friend Heather with Kevin Max uh, at this place and we hung out for a couple hours actually and talked and stuff and and um, some interesting things happened that's a whole other story but um, uh, but after meeting Heather uh, and and whatnot uh, I went on her MySpace page and usually at, at that time they had top friends mm-hmm. and I had like 40 top friends but um, Heather only had like four or eight, you know, not very many. And mm-hmm. Annie was one of them. So uh, it said, it actually, the, the title was X hooker, Annie Lobert. And I was like, X hooker, what is this? And, and, you know, so to me, it was like, because Heather had a, a ministry called JC's girls, girls, girls. Mm. And she, she had a, a ministry that was to strippers in Vegas or wherever she did it. Uh, and she would go into the strip clubs and meet with girls and, ha- you know, a- invite them to church and give them gifts and whatnot. And that's gotcha. what her outreach was. Mm-hmm. She was a former stripper. Well, after meeting Heather and finding out how fantastic she was and what she did, all of a sudden here I find Annie's page mm-hmm. and it said X hooker. Annie I clicked on it and read this long testimony on her page. <laughs> it really impressed me. I was like really blown away. And, it, you know, go here's people that are doing things that are not what the church would normally do. True. They're going into places that are dangerous or, or not the, you know, the the typical whatever. And, and that's a lot like what Striper was doing back in the day, the early days of uh, our career was going into rock clubs um, Mm -hmm. and playing. And we got a lot of flack from the church for doing that and for dressing up in spandex and (laughs) doing our hair to the sky, you know? Uh, so, I mean, uh, for us, that was what we were called to do. And we just did it. We didn't care what anybody thought of us. We didn't care what the church thought, but we got a lot of flack for it. So, um, so I, I basically, you know, sent a message to Annie saying, Hey, I love what you guys, both you and Heather are doing. I met Heather, you know, hung out with her and stuff. So, you know, if you guys ever have problems, like, you know, with somebody coming against you, especially from the church. Mm. I, 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 by all means, give, you know, text me back or message me and we'll, you know, I could tell you my experiences, and, you know, mm-hmm. that, that would be, you know, really a blessing for me if I could help in any way. Yeah. And uh, so I got a nice, sweet little message back from, from Annie saying, you know, oh, thank you, Oz. I appreciate it. Nice to meet you. And that was it, you know? So that, that's pretty much how it started. <laughs> <laughs> right, Annie? But in the end, I mean, in the meantime, she's going, she's calling Heather going, Hey, this guy said, Oz says he knows you. What, what, what the heck? Who is he? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Annie? Yes. She, and, and she, she said that I, I just met your husband and I said, what? <laughs> I, I don't think so. She was like, no, I really, really, he, he really will be your husband one day. I see it. And I was like, what are you talking about? So I thought that was kind of shocking. And then, you know, him and I were speaking, I wouldn't say speaking, you know, messaging each other. And then finally, I don't know how I started talking to him on the phone, but then he asked me to meet him somewhere mm-hmm. at some yeah, club. We, that I, he was playing. I, had, I had a gig in Boulder city 
And and I, because uh, I was coming into town uh, doing jams with this band a friend of mine had. And, and so I had, we had a gig at Boulder City and that was, I felt like my opportunity to actually meet Annie in person. So I invited her and Heather to come to the show. And I wasn't trying to act like I was hitting on her or anything. It's just, I wanted to invite them, you know, and I can meet, you know, Annie in person. And, uh, and of course, Heather couldn't do it, but Annie agreed to come and she, mm. she brought, uh, she brought a, a guy friend with her and she did. Mm. It. And this guy friend was there and I guess he was a striper fan or whatnot. And I thought, Oh, that must be her boyfriend. You know, I, I figured, well, you know, maybe she's, you know, hooked up with somebody else or whatever. And I didn't think anything of it after that, you know, but, mm -hmm. um, but, but it was nice to meet her. And, and I really loved hanging out, you know, and, taking pictures with her and stuff. And I still have pictures from that night, you know? It's just, yeah, like about 12, you kept doing selfies with <laughs> Obsessed. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, we ended up getting married the next year and we dated and long distance dated. I was, I was the Destiny House director at the time, the first Destiny House. And mm. uh, yeah, the rest is history. That, that was 12 years ago, honey. Uh, February coming up this year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Maybe 13. I, I don't even know. Like it's been a minute. So now, you know, we're married and uh, I am a, a kept woman, I suppose. That's what they call it, right? They call it a kept woman from my crazy lifestyle. And some of the people that are listening right now, they're like, what lifestyle? I mean, why would she call it hookers for Jesus? Well, let me break that down for you. Okay. It really literally means we go into the drowning waters of sex trafficking with a boat called the hooker. Cause there's a boat in actually Holland. That's a clipper boat. It's a fishing boat. And it looks a lot like the fishing boat from Galilee that Jesus and the disciples were in. And it, it gets, you know, it gets fish and everything and they have nets. And so I wanted to call it hookers for Jesus because it's based on Matthew four nineteen. I will teach you how to fish for people. Mm -hmm. And so we get people out of the drowning dark waters of sex trafficking, bring them to the shore of destiny house and we help them recover and heal from sex trafficking because there's a lot of complex trauma and severe abuse physical mental and emotional that comes along with being trafficked you know yeah. in the sex industry so a lot of people back like you know maybe because i've been doing this work for about 16 17 years almost a lot of people don't understand the ramifications and the damage it causes to the, mm -hmm. the mind I would say even physically, but the mind more than anything else and the, the response of our DNA and our cells and our body, it causes so much damage that, you know, actually I had cancer, lost all my hair. I had lymphatic cancer, blood cancer. Mm. And so it, a lot of my friends were very ill from it. And your mind has to be completely healed. And obviously we know in the faith that Jesus is the healer. And I, I tell this to a lot of people that say, well, you need to have trauma informed care. And yes, I agree with that. However, Jesus is the original trauma informed care. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's aware because trauma is just a, 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 uh, it's an incident that happened to you that is, you know, made a life effect and, and it, it affected you in a very negative way and mm -hmm. it's changed your life forever. So it, there's all kinds of trauma. There's, 
there's PTSD, which is the post-traumatic stress disorder that soldiers get when they go to war and they were prisoners before they come back, right? Or right. you could have an earthquake or a tornado or a car accident. And that could be a different type of trauma that still can cause PTSD. Now, there's one that we really, really resonate with that Destiny House and myself that I walked through myself. It's called complex trauma. And that's where the person has been victimized over and over and over from childhood or from teenage years or when they first started getting trafficked and they never could escape the victimization. So in other words, even if a child was abused for us, you know, their growing up years from a parent or one parent, or maybe there's a repetitive, uh, you know, pedophilia person living next door and they're constantly being abused. They're in a dangerous situation. And that actually Mm -hmm. anatomically, which it does with PTSD too, too, as well, changes the brain. When you're a, mm. a young child and, and you're, you're growing, your brain actually doesn't fully form all the cells till probably about the age of 25. So anything that happens between those years, and especially the years that are uh, between the ages of probably zero to uh, even just 10, your brain is so absorbent to the, the pathways that it's creating. So if you are created in trauma, you're created in a dangerous situation, your body flight fight or freeze fawn response happens and your body can actually, and a lot of people are probably listening going, what is she talking about? Your brain has something called the amygdala. It's like the heart of your brain. It's the shape of like a, an almond. And it's, it's probably the size maybe of an egg, maybe a little smaller, but mm-hmm. when you have a lot of trauma, it, it gets enlarged and it, oh, okay. it pushes out cortisol because your temporal lobe takes in all the information, right? Think of it as a, like the police station. It decides what's lawful for your brain and what's not lawful for it. But when your temporal lobe is no longer in control and your amygdala has over outgrown your, your temporal lobe of your, your front information that comes into your mind and your, in your eyes and your thinking processes, your amygdala actually takes over and becomes the brain. And that's very dangerous because if you see people talking to themselves, freaking out, having trigger moments, you can bet you believe their, their amygdala in their brain has taken over their brain. And now you're Mm. into fight, fight or freeze mode. So I was in that place for a very long time, John, I was, I had complex trauma and uh, from my childhood upbringing, my dad was an abusive alcoholic and my dad was, uh, even though he quit drinking for 42 years he was still very abusive. And so mm. I actually also had a neighbor abuse me sexually for a couple of years when I was very young, eight, nine years old. Mm. And then as I got older, I, w- I just started acting out. Like I became over-sexualized and that's very common with any type of disciplinary type of upbringing and sexual abuse. Mm. So you just, you know, you feel like you're not free. So you start thinking, I'm going to do something that may be where I feel free. So I noticed in school that the boys were looking at me and I, it made me feel good. It made me feel alive. Like I finally felt loved. Like I think from a man's perspective, like maybe they wouldn't understand this, but from my perspective as a little girl, when you don't get the attention you need from your father, you will mm-hmm. do things to get that attention because that is a piece built in that I believe that God has designed in our DNA to have a father, to have a mother. And if that's mm-hmm. in balance in any shape or form, we don't, we don't actually have our emotions balanced because mm-hmm. our household's out of order, right? Mm-hmm. Our household's out of order. Yeah. And so our brain can't form in a stable, structured manner. Yeah. Right. 
Sure. So even if, even if our parents are there and one's abusive, one's an abandoning type of parent where they're always at work or they're on drugs or they're an alcoholic, they're not really there. They're kind of like the absent parent, but their body's just there. Right. right. I got into the industry. I'm just going to say it just straight to everyone listening. Just be real with us. Yes. Choice because I graduated high school and I moved back to Minneapolis. I was living in Wisconsin at the time and I wanted to go to college. My family never had money for college. So I got three jobs Mm. and I literally was working. Oh my gosh, probably 60 to 80 hours, maybe or more a week. And I was really tired. And I was saving for my own place. I just got a car. And then I went out to a nightclub with my girlfriend and we weren't even of the age to drink. We were, I think I was 18 at the time. Mm -hmm. I had a fake ID and we walked in and these guys bought us drinks and we didn't understand who they were, but they were dressed very, very nice. I had no idea, but they were traffickers. They were sex traffickers. Oh, wow some people in modern terms call it pimps Hmm. and they gave us their card, bought us drinks. My girlfriend, she starts dating one of the guys. So the other guy liked me, but I totally didn't like him. So I told him, don't ever call me. You're a loser. Hmm. Like I wasn't attracted to him. And we, we actually thought they owned their, they owned their own car business, their own, I don't know, real estate business, whatever it was that they presented on their cards But my girlfriend, she calls me up from Hawaii and said that she was really making a lot of money and she was on the beach and she was on a car phone. And, you know, back then car phones were just not the normal thing. Yeah. Neither were cell phones. Cell phones back then were as big as bricks, if not large. (laughs) Whoever had them, either they were a lawyer, a drug dealer or a very famous person. It was just no, <laughs> you know, no in between on that. Right. I mean, right. any communication was done by a telephone or CB, right. CB radio. Mm-hmm. for law enforcement. So I thought that wasn't just very like, wow, she has a cell phone up there in that car. And so I flew out to Hawaii and the first two weeks I learned how to sell myself. Like she was, she was, basically being an escort in Waikiki and then taught me how to do it. And her boyfriend, and I I don't even want to say, I say that lightly because he was a pimp Mm -hmm. was letting her buy what she wanted. He was buying her diamonds. He was treating her like a princess. He wasn't taking her money. And it was like, wow, this is kind of a cool lifestyle. These people have money. So I went back to Minnesota and quit all three of my jobs I was working as a waitress at Deluno's Pizza. I was working at a Japanese restaurant, Teppanyaki, which was super fun. I love that job. And during the day, my main job was IDS Financial Services, which is today modern day American Express. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got promoted several times within the company, but I quit all three of those jobs and started working the escort services in Minnesota. Now, Minnesota escort services are way different than Hawaiian in Hawaii and working in Hawaii, the money's not as good. Uh, a man pulled a machete on me and a shotgun and I quit. I was like, forget this. I'm going to die. I had no trafficker. I had no pimp. I was on my own. And then I decided I'm going to be a stripper. 
So I signed up for a stripping agency and started going on, on like bachelor parties Mm. and like super like fun to me because I loved to dance. And the men were like, so gullible. You could get a bunch of money from them and you wouldn't, (laughs) you know, it's called lap dancing. Right. And I could get like hundred dollar bills. And back then in the eighties, that was a lot of money. You have to double that figure. And so I ended up dancing in the clubs too, for this place called party time. And this man named Virgil, an old white guy owned it. And he would book all of us ladies in all these different clubs across Minnesota and Wisconsin. So we would go from different, a different club every day. We would be booked at, and we would have like people that would follow us around, like fans that would follow our shows. It was really crazy. We would stay on the stage and dance, but I thought, you know, I'm going to pick men that I can like get more money from if they want extra stuff on the side. So I started doing that a little bit. Now, one day this guy walks in and he was really handsome and he bought me a drink and he had a lot of money and I was really attracted to him. And so we started dating and he was like, you're so smart. You get your money. You're a boss woman and everything like that. And I told him, I said, look, I turn tricks. I get men's money and whatever it takes to get the money. That's what I do. And he was like, his eyes got kind of big, but he was like, you're really smart. And I thought, wow, I finally found a guy that will accept my lifestyle mm-hmm. and not be mad at me because I'm, you know, turning tricks. No, I had no idea, John. This man was a pimp. Mm. He was a straight up sex trafficker. Wow. He had girls, children, young girls, 12, 13, 14, 15, under his thumb. I had no idea. Like, I did not know fully what was going on. But, you know, my, my head is like this and my heart was like, this guy loves me. Uh, my girlfriend's in Hawaii now. See, the man she was with was a circuit pimp. He had houses across the country. He had a place, I believe, in Baltimore, Maryland. He had a place in Chicago. He had a place in Minnesota. He had a place in Vegas. And then his friend had that place in Hawaii. So he had girls all over the country working mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. So I ended up going to Las Vegas and I invited my boyfriend, which was a big mistake. The first night that I worked, I got my beat down and that's how actually my book starts because in this Mm. book, the chapter talks about how I was shocked to even understand that I was getting beat down from my boyfriend that I was in love with. And he told me I'm your pimp. You're going to do what I say. If you don't do what I say, you're going to be hurt. And basically every time I got out of alignment with his, his requests of me mm. to stay, it's called staying in pocket. I would get beat down. Like I would get slapped across the face, punched, choked. Mm. He used to choke me and, and then have sex with me. It was just crazy. Like he, I, he had such mind control over me, uh, And I thought, you know, this is the thing. And I want to tell all the ladies that are listening out there. You cannot be in love with someone if you're in love with the idea of who you think they should be. Mm. Mm -hmm. That cannot be your reason. Yeah. If, if you, if they're not who you, who they say they are and they're, and they're really showing you their true colors, Mm -hmm. you need to believe what you see because I really thought he would change. He kept telling me he was going to change. Now, the other thing is with trafficking, the power and control wheel from Polaris Project, I at the time didn't even, the word trafficking wasn't invented yet. Mm -hmm. Pimp was, but I knew I had a pimp and I knew I had to give him every single dollar. 
I knew that I was in slavery, mm. but I couldn't put words to it because I believe, John, it was my choice. I believe it was my fault. I chose this lifestyle. This is what I get. Mm. This is my lot in life. I'm just going to have to deal with it. Stash money to leave him. Mm. So that's what I did. And I was with him for five years, but I got out of that relationship and he would stalk me. He chased me, kidnapped me, cut all my hair off, put me in a trunk, uh, had a shovel and a body bag and six pimps witnessed it. Uh, other girls that I knew were working witnessed and they, they got warned too. If you get out of line, this is what we're going to happen to you. You're going to die. And he would pistol with me. And uh, there was one time he was chasing me down Las Vegas Boulevard with the car that I bought him a BMW with the, with the moonroof. And he was shooting at the car while I was driving, I was running every red light. Wow. And I believe it or not, I escaped him. Wow. No police anywhere, by the way. <laughs> so I ended up leaving him and five years, the next five years were, was another hell I had to walk through. I was with another man that was just as abusive. I, I didn't, my people picker was broken, John, because of my trauma. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what a good man looked like. So when you have a bad example at home, it's really hard. When you see your mother being hit by your father and blood being on, on the carpet and in, in the car, it's like, you just, I knew that wasn't right. And I knew that I didn't want a man to hit me, but why was I picking men that were violent? It's super weird. It's like this thing, this psychology thing where your brain wants to reconcile the relationship you never had with the person mm. that you want to love you. Yeah. Let's say my father. So I'm, I'm seeing maybe the same traits in these other men and I'm trying to fix them. Like my mom was trying to fix my father. Yeah. Very dangerous territory psychologically. Right. Oh, so yeah. you can't fix somebody who doesn't want to change. You can't. Yeah. It's not possible. You know what the good thing is though, eventually I got out, you know, it mm. was 10 years of hell with these different men, uh, you know, and then I got back into the industry. I got quit for about five years, got back in for another year. I overdosed on drugs and that was August 2nd, 2003. And I have to say it was probably one of the best days of my life besides being married to Ozzy bear, <laughs> you know, people are like, who's Ozzy bear. It's my husband, Oz Fox to, to know that I could be freed from the tyranny of not just addiction, but of the complex trauma and the pain and the terror that came with having those abusive men in my life and being stalked for the majority of those 10 years by two different people mm. repetitively over during the day at night. I mean, every single minute, I, and I still do it sometimes, look around my shoulder, I scan every parking lot, everywhere I go, I'm ready. I'm ready for anything, okay? And mm. uh, I'm not ashamed to say it, but uh, yeah. And I if I'm with her, they better be ready. Hey, hold on, honey. That's right. <laughs> right. Bring it on, because guess what? <laughs> you come at me, you're getting shot. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. There you go. We have open carry in uh, Nevada, so you know. Uh, Hun yes, we. Do. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, you know what? Hookers for Jesus. I actually, you know, overdosed and and had a heart attack and took a couple years to heal. But I started doing the outreach in 2005. And then the first Destiny House was opened in 2008. The idea for it was to 2006, 2007. Okay. And we are going strong. It's 2021. And we have ladies in our house right now. It's actually a property now that we own. Mm. And we have apartments on the property and another house. So it's a larger mm. property. And 
we are helping rescue all these beautiful souls from the depths and the hooks and the abuses of the traffickers. Mm. And we are an official nonprofit and we, you know, we have trauma therapy, we have horse therapy, they learn how to cook, they have their own personal trainers, they have, you know, group therapy, Mm -hmm. of course, the girls, they have a choice if they want to go to church, if they want to stay home and read a book or watch a movie, they can do that. But our whole program is holistic and healing. And we're just super excited about our future with being able to help more clients. We just added three more beds. So now we officially have 13 beds. We're going to add another three mm. after over. So we'll have 16 beds and then we'll open up our second house. It's called the dream house. It's transitional living for people that graduate our first program. It'll be a program like a work living program where they can mm-hmm. work and uh, live there and just have roommates and still have that great support system that we offer. And then that will be something that we'll have. I believe we're going to have four, maybe six beds in that house. So we'll, we'll mm-hmm. we're growing. Nice. I'd like to have houses all over the country if I could. Oh. And in a, other countries, to be honest with you, one in France, one in England, oh. one in Spain, one in Poland. I love Poland because I'm Polish. <laughs> uh, one in Bulgaria, you know, one in Russia. Mm-hmm. I don't know about China, but uh, Japan for sure. You know, we need this type of healing place for these women. They need the to know that God loves them. And that's our main message. It's to mm-hmm. it's to let ladies know that they are absolutely loved and adored by Jesus and mm-hmm. that God amazing destiny and plan for their lives. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, listeners, it's really important for you to key on some things that Annie was saying. She's talking about the organization uh, that she founded called Hookers for Jesus and the things that they do to try and help these ladies come out of this lifestyle of, well, of the sex trafficking that they're in um, and how it, it is so all encompassing of their lives. It's uh, now, Annie, if I'm putting words in your mouth, please tell me, but I don't think I am to say that being in that industry reprograms these ladies. I mean, their thinking is different. Their expectations are different. Um, Even the, the way that they treat their bodies not just because of the sex part of it, but just with the things they do to themselves as well. And when they try to come out of that, when you're reaching out to these ladies, it's like, Hey, it doesn't have to be this way. It can be better. It can be different. When you finally get through, I can't even imagine the, uh, the lengths that you have to go through to try and help them understand that this is legit. We're not just making this kind of stuff up. We're really here to help you. We care about you. We're not interested in all that other stuff. We want to get past that. We want to help you get better, learn life skills, learn personal skills. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say uh, also on Annie's behalf, man, I've been there. The, the cool thing about me being married to Annie is I get to experience, I don't run any of this. Mm-hmm. She runs it all. She's the brains. She's the, yeah. the, the machine that, that runs everything. Uh, so I just assist in whatever way I can. Uh, and a lot of it in my uh, experience, I guess, through the time I've been married to Annie has been just being an example of a, of a husband that loves his wife and mm. would die for her. And, and so Mm-hmm. Um, that's been kind of my, my role so far, as well as the voice, you know, for her, because, you know, I have a good reputation and people trust what I say. 
And I use that to help people understand how real what she does is. Um, But, uh, but if anything, it's been a blessing to me to be with the girls uh, and be that example of someone who they should look up, they should look for a a guy that has integrity and morals and and Mm -hmm. cares about them. And and a lot of times they don't have that. They don't see that in the men that they deal with, you know? Um, And, and of course, being a person of faith, you know, what does a real man of faith look like? Well, I, I mean, I, I would think that some of those girls would think, oh, it's some cleaned up guy that is straight and whatever. Well, I'm probably the most down earth guy you can find, you know, mm-hmm. out there as far as, you know, just my personality wise. And, and so I bring that element to them and show mm-hmm. them that, you know, it could be good for them you know, in a way that and not that I'm the per- most perfect guy in the world. I obviously have my faults, but, but I mean, at least there's something for them to look, to, to look as an example of what a real relationship can be like for them. Absolutely. So, you know, that, and I can't even imagine what a gift that is to these ladies that you're giving them Oz. Uh, it's well, it's like, a gift to me to be there. I'm telling you, it really is. <laughs> Because I can see what they're going through. And obviously, Annie has taught me so much. Sure. I've learned so many things from her stories, from other uh, uh, girl, women that she's you know, worked with or, or helped. Yeah. Uh, nobody understands. No one mm-hmm. can understand what these women go through unless you've been there. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing for everybody to remember. Hookers for Jesus is a specialized, uh, it's a specialized program. Uh, mm-hmm. Destiny House and what what they the girls uh, uh, learn from it all and how mm-hmm. they heal and and Annie knows about this she knows how to deal with that trauma she studied it and lived mm-hmm. it yeah. you know and and so yeah it's Christian based but that's how Annie got out of it was through her faith through her Christianity mm-hmm. yeah and and it's important for these girls to know that and even if they don't believe in it at least they're hearing. Uh, something that is going to help them to, to deal with the trauma and deal with the memories mm-hmm. and, yeah. and all of that. Stuff. Mm-hmm. There's right been in, a couple Annie? already on, on my podcast oh. show, uh, Annie's pink chair that have been in our program. So oh. we've got testimonies from how great it's changed their lives. Oh yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that. Annie, let's talk a little bit more about your podcast, the pink chair. Yeah. I got asked to do a television show last year let's see, 2020, wait, no, 2019. Oh my gosh. I forgot time. It just flies. (laughs) I was speaking at an event and this beautiful lady named Carol and Scott came up to me and said, you know, God's showing me, you need your own television show. Mm. I was like, okay. Well, she's (laughs) like, I'll call you back. And so I met with her, my husband and I, I did, honey, do you remember that meeting we have with Carol and Scott? Yeah. Flower child uh, restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, so we went there to eat, and we just fell in love with them. And they mm-hmm. are the owners, uh, the stewards of this DTN station here. It's a, it's a television station that's okay. been in Vegas, the only Christian television station in all of Las Vegas. And they said, uh, you know, we really feel confident that you should have your own talk show. And I was like, I'll come and look at the studio. So I went and looked at the studio and then I ordered the furniture and I, the name popped in my head, like almost immediately pink chair. Cause I love pink. And, uh, 
it was uh, really, really cool. The, just the, the whole set that we have, like I designed everything. Carol gave me uh, the, the, uh, one of the dressers that's on our set, but she loves it. And she's one of the editors. Uh, Pink, just a show about real relevant issues from a woman's perspective with wit and wisdom. So we basically, you know, it's a woman's show, but we interview men and we talk about the redemption and the, the, just the beauty of what Christ has done in people's lives. And sometimes we'll bring up the Me Too movement. And sometimes we'll bring up, you know, women's issues. We'll bring up men's issues like porn. We'll bring up things that people don't necessarily want to talk about. Yeah. Yes, we brought up conservatism and politics as well. So we're, we're not a news organization, but man, the interviews that we get, like I interview wives of rock stars. We do that as well. So that's kind of a little bit of everything. It's just a great buffet. I yeah. should say a talking buffet. Well, you, you definitely know a little bit about being the wife of a rock star. So, yeah, well, Oz was my first <laughs> guest on the show. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So then we uploaded it to podcasting as well. So uh, it is now on podcast spot. I think Spotify. Gosh, there's so many ones that are up there. Apple. I haven't officially announced it to anyone. We just kind of put it out there and mm -hmm. I guess we're, we're going to be doing like a little campaign to advertise it a little more, but so far we haven't even advertised it yet. So it's uh, it's kind of a soft, it was a soft launch this past, like, I don't know, uh, probably six months or so, okay. but the, the TV show itself has been going on since January, 2020. Mm, gotcha. Okay, and uh, listeners, I want to let you know that everything that we're talking about here, like Annie's book, her podcast slash TV show, all those sorts of things, um, anything we talk about related to Oz, we'll put links in the show notes for you to be able to check those out. Um, oh, one thing that, that I wanted to, this seems like a good place for me to do this. Um, now, Annie and Oz knew about this ahead of time, so I'm not saying something that they aren't, that they don't know is coming. Hookers for Jesus and Annie's organization, they exist to help people. Well, they can't do that without money. I mean, let's just, let's just be real. That's how we always are on this show. I'm real with you guys all the time. So I'm being real with you now. It takes money. So I'm asking you to contribute to her organization, but I'm not asking you to do something I'm not willing to do. So I have made a commitment to make a monthly contribution to Hookers for Jesus for 2021. So that's what I am personally doing, which I have already done, by the way. It's already, it's already in there. I've done that. Um, and I have to actually, and I'll even tell you how this all came about because you, you guys don't know this. Um, Annie, you and Oz went live on Facebook on New Year's Eve. You guys were just yeah. sitting down together and you were just talking, you know, you were seeing different people come on, just saying hi to folks. Uh, and you just, you didn't make a big deal about it. You just said, Hey, it's the end of the year. You know, if you feel like you can, it'd be great if you could make a contribution. And I said, done. And that's what I did. And right after I did that, that's when I had the inspiration to ask you, Annie, to come on the show to interview you because I knew that January is national human trafficking prevention month. Yes. And so I thought, you know what, 
we can't talk about this and not ask people to contribute to it because it's, I wouldn't say it's overstating it to say that this is an epidemic because it is. And you know that way better than I do. I mean, you take the totality of what I know compared to what you know, Annie, and my fingers are separated, but like barely here. (laughs) Yes. So I know a little bit about it. Right. I think it's bigger than people know. I even believe it's bigger than the arms because it's the undiscovered part of trafficking. It's actually controlling our entire world. Wow. Yeah. Economy, the politics, everything. There's black, there's blackmailing going on with major people that everybody adores and worships here in America. Mm. Because they have been filmed with children. Oh. It's disgusting. Oh. And so they're being controlled. And so we really need to wake up to the fact that if they're willing to do that to someone that's super famous and make them famous because they can control them and make them do what they want. And not not just celebrities, by the way, politicians. Right. And judges and everything else. So this is really something we all need to participate in to eradicate it. Mm -hmm. Evil will not go away by ignoring it. Okay. (laughs) good point. In fact, you give it permission to grow when you do ignore it. Mm. Look at the state our world is in right now. It even says in the Bible, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. Mm. Jesus has to come back, obviously, but it has to get really, really bad first. You know, and do we want him to tarry faster because of that? I Mm. personally think that's, I mean, I'm not going to welcome evil to get worse. I would like to stop it and, you know, give our world to recover from trafficking but not only that give our world a chance to see who god is and who jesus christ is because we have to give the message of the gospel and the more people we can invite to that john the better off we're all going to be absolutely They're all, all humans are children of god whether they mm. believe in god or not that's right, right. that's right that's preach right. People say, I I just want Jesus to come right now. Well, I don't. I want to get some stuff done first. And I don't know if that's arrogance inside of me, but there's a lot of people out there that are stuck, that are trapped, that I want to help. And my I wouldn't call that arrogance at all. I would call call that having a heart and concern for other people. Because if Jesus comes back, okay, it's over at that point. I mean, I'm ready, but (laughs) a lot of people aren't. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I want, exactly. I want them to have a chance. So if I, if I'm part of that, then I hope, hopefully I can be part of that. That's right. That's right. Now I do have a couple other things I wanted to get into, but I want to mention this folks. We talked about Annie having a book earlier called fallen and um, something that I often do when I have authors on the podcast, I make this offer to the very first listener who does this. So for the first person who listens to this, uses their phone, there's a screenshot of this particular conversation I'm having with Annie and Oz, and you tag me, you tag Annie, and you tag Oz in that. First person who does that is going to get a signed copy of her book on me. I will pay for it to get to you on me. So I'm putting that out there. That's right. Okay. We're going to get that out. We're going to help spread the word. Now, I want to dig a little deep here because this particular show, Relationships and Revenue, we're all about helping men improve their most significant relationships at home and in business. 
it comes from my place of pain, which I've talked about many times on this show, which is my divorce. Uh, my divorce, I believe, was 100% preventable, as I think most are. And the skills that I have learned over the years since then, I don't think it's too much to say that if I had known many of the things that I know now about relationships 15 years ago, I don't think I'd be divorced now. And that's what I want to try and help men do. I want to try and help men not end up like me because I am by far the most pro-marriage divorce guy you will ever meet. I am all about marriage and keeping them healthy and safe and right. And that's helping guys. So right now I want to talk to the guy who, um, I want to talk to the guy who is listening to you, Annie, and is saying, okay, I believe what you're saying, John, but I'm not the guy who's going to the strip clubs and I'm not the one who's going and hiring prostitutes. So how do I make this better or how am I contributing to this? What would you say to that guy? Well, if you're not helping, you're contributing. And what I mean by that is, like I said earlier, you know, evil only permits itself to be bigger than the good people's because we allow it to happen. So now that you know this is going on, what can you do to help? Now, let me do another angle. Are you watching porn? Mm. That's part of it. That actually incites men to purchase women. Mm. You're, you're adding to that industry. And you actually might want to do that yourself because now you're addicted and you can't, you need your fix now. A lot of porn addicts that I met were they were porn addicts first before they started calling the escort services before they started going to the strip club before they started going to the massage parlors right mm -hmm. before they started doing webcam and doing sex phone calls they started watching porn first mm. so there's one that's behind that camera that you're looking at or on that other phone line or that person that you see working in the sex industry they're a human being and they're more than likely being sex trafficked so if you purchase that person you're contributing to that pimp. You're contributing to that trafficker and that person staying enslaved. And again, if you don't do any of these things, uh, more hats to you, but what are you doing now that you could do to help? Are you donating? Are you, uh, you know, going with another grassroots organization in your area? At, at the first time that we started doing this job, we were the first ones practically in the country. Well, anyway, survivor led house. There mm. was no one. The only one else I knew was Heather Beach that was doing strip clubs. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was never uh, an escort like I was. Oh, okay. It's, it was very, very, very um, new. And mm. people are more aware of this. We yeah. need your, we need, we, you know, direct services are where it's at. It's where you take care of the people that have been trafficked mm. and each person's life needs to literally be built from the ground up again. There mm. that's not, Simple fix, put them in a house for a month. No, it takes years of rehabilitation with some clients. Sure. Some clients get better within, you know, a half a year, a couple months, like me, you know, but some people take a lot longer because there's a lot more stuff to unwrap. Sure. Psychically and, and soulfully and spiritually. So I get that. I get that. Okay, well, I, I wanted to make a quick comment and then we're gonna do a final four. We do this on every one of our interviews. It's just four quick questions. Just tell me the first thing that pops in your head. Uh, but my comment is this. Um, is, I'm sorry? For Oz too? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. So uh, yeah, Oz too, absolutely. 
So I only I'm a man of few words. So, you know. <laughs> well, I want to let you two know that you guys are individually, certainly, but definitely together are so inspirational. I mean, I've, I've seen you guys many times on the different things that you do, the different platforms that you're on. And I love the fact that you use your and, and I'm using this term loosely. You use your celebrity to make a difference. And I appreciate that. And I just wanted you to know that. Cool. All right. All right. Here we go. Our final four. So now this is individually. So why did God create you? So why did God create you, Annie, and then you, Oz? I believe God created me to terrorize the devil. That's it. Oh, that. oh what a great answer. What about you, Oz? Um, I, if just off the top of my head, yeah, uh, he created me to show people an example of someone who cares and loves people. Sweet. So, Love that. All right. Question two, what are you doing, reading or listening to right now? That's helping you grow. Is this for me? Uh, uh, you first, Annie. Yes. You start ladies first. Okay. Well, I'm reading my Bible and I'm actually in Hosea still. And I love it because it's the story of Hosea and Gomer and how Gomer kept going back to the old lifestyle, but Hosea just kept loving on her. And that's what God does to us. Uh, and I would say uh, the other, um, uh, I'm reading a book by A.W. Tozer. I mm. love that. Author. It's, it's to me, it's ancient writing, even though, you know, not super, ancient, but he, he has deep truths. And, um, and obviously we can't go to church in person. So we are watching our church online. It's keeping me focused and ready for anything. Okay. What about you, Oz? Well, um, gee whiz, I have different ways of doing stuff. I mean, I've read through the Bible, you know, three or four times in my life. And I read on a daily basis with a devotional because it's kind of, I went through a, a kind of a, some periods of, of being on the road and busy. And, and I, sometimes it's hard to really kind of keep up on stuff, but at least I go through a devotional uh, that comes up on my phone every, every day. Yeah. Today's devotional was John 13, 34, uh, new living translation. So now, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. I mean, that's sweet to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but on top of that, OK, on top of that, I listened to um, there. We, we, there's a station that uh, Calvary Chapel started years ago called K-Wave in mm. uh, Los Angeles. And I used to listen to it all the time. Got so much out of it. It's, it really just gave me so much wisdom. They have one here in Las Vegas. And I listened to that every morning. And uh, pastor, our, our pastor, uh, that is the senior pastor of our church, Ron Vietti, he comes on at nine o'clock. And then at 930, um, we have Rick Warren come on from uh, Saddleback Church. And then at, uh, and then at, no, I'm sorry, 930 is Raul Reese from Calvary Chapel uh, uh, Diamond Bar. Then it's Rick Warren at 10 o'clock. Then it's James Cadiz from Signal Hill, California. And all of, out of those four guys, man, I get so much, so much every day in my head. Plus, you know, I'm following along with my Bible and writing notes. So these are things that I do and I've gotten used to. It's kind of the way my walk is mm -hmm. um, stuff. So right now, that's kind of what, where I'm at. Great. Great. What do you guys like to do for fun together? <laughs> Honey, I'm going to 
say it. I, we're, we're Trekkies. So if I can watch the Star Trek thing, mm-hmm. if I can go to a Star Trek, if I can go to a Star Trek convention, which we did get to go, I can't wait for them to come back because I love it. I nice. love it. Love it. And uh, we like to go to beaches. We will like to go to an island somewhere and take a couple days off, which we never get to do. But I think those are my two favorite things to do with my husband. <laughs> yeah, being in the Caribbean is like pretty awesome. And we've had the chance to do that because we've been blessed enough to not only get Striper done cruise ship gigs mm. and we get to take the wives with them, but, but then I've had friends that have uh, offered uh, their timeshares to go down and spend time. So very cool. Very cool. All right. And our final question, again, for both of you, uh, what are you most grateful for? I think I'm just grateful to be alive every day and wake up free, free from slavery and mind control. Mm -hmm. Because being trafficked, you know, really taught me besides just growing up in my family of how to take control of my mind and allow God to reign and to not be programmed by the world and what they offer us, which is just a bunch of junk and Mm -hmm. a bunch of slavery because even in our atmosphere right now as we're speaking the tv the media tries to program your mind and we need to learn to think for ourselves so i'm thankful for a free mind free heart and free soul right i agree with annie on that and you know obviously god's grace and mercy and his salvation is just i'm so thankful for that uh but a miracle to be married to this wonderful person you know and um and happy to have my family my, my kids, my grandkids, you know, that's, it's amazing for me. So I'm thankful for that. That's fantastic. Well, again, thank you both for being here on the Relationships and Revenue podcast. It was an honor to have both of you here to hear a little bit about your story, Annie, and to talk to you, Oz, as well. Listeners, we are very thankful that you decided to join us today. And so be sure to check out the show notes for everything you need. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.